Hello and welcome to Those for the Days. If this is your first time listening, my name is Snake Leland and this podcast is dedicated to movies and movie history from the 1910s through the 1960s. For today's episode, we are going to talk about Disney's 1959 movie, Sleeping Beauty. A movie with two pretty but bland leads, one of Disney's best villains to ever exist, and animation that, needless to say since it is Disney, holds up beautifully well to this day. Now, as I said, my name is Nick Leland, and without further ado, let's get into it. So the plot of this movie is one that I'd assume most of us are familiar with. Maleficent isn't invited to a birthday party, she casts a curse on Princess Aurora to die at 16, but Meriwether makes it so instead that she only falls into a coma until she's kissed by her crush, aka Prince Philip, who ends up slaying Maleficent with a sword, and at the end of the movie, they live happily ever after. Now with the summary of the plot out of the way, let's get into the first point of this movie that I would like to discuss which is the main characters, Aurora and Prince Philip. When it comes to these two characters, I don't think that they're bad by any stretch of the imagination. That being said, however, I would like to ask you one question when it comes to them. Can you name one thing about their personalities outside of the fact that they're nice, can sane, and are pretty? Because when it comes to those two characters, those are basically the only things that most people think of when it comes to them. And it gets really frustrating when the vast majority of characters in this movie have very vibrant, very, you know, entertaining, unique personalities like the fairies, um, their parents, Maleficent especially, which we will get into in a moment. And one of the most frustrating things about them is that neither of them say anything after the 50-minute mark, and this movie, Sleeping Beauty... Is 75 minutes, so they don't say anything for the last 25 minutes of the movie. And it's even more frustrating when Prince Philip, because when he gets kidnapped by Maleficent, when she battles her henchmen, when he throws the sword into her chest when she's a dragon, he doesn't make one single sound. Well, to be fair, she does whistle right before going into the house, but that's pretty much it. You know, because when he's struggling against the henchmen, he doesn't make a grunt, he doesn't go, Oh no! Or, oh no, what's going on? And even at the end where he throws the sword into her chest, he doesn't even make like a Link-style sound and go, hey ya! As he lunges it and saves the day, you know? But, I don't know, that's just something that personally bugs me when it comes to this movie. And speaking of Maleficent, she is, what I would say, is my favorite part of the movie. Eleanor Audley, I think, did a great job in portraying her as a badass, a petty badass, but a badass nonetheless, you know? Because every scene that she's in, she just commands her presence, and when she first arrives in the movie and enters the castle, you know that, oh shit, she means business, because everything just goes dark, and she's just like, well, well, well... I see that I was not invited, you know, because she's very calm, but she basically is like, yeah, your daughter's going to die, you know, because, yeah, um, you didn't invite me to a birthday party, so I'm going to ruin all of your lives. So I think that's just a really interesting thing, how you can make someone who has that petty of a motivation into such this really awesome and very charismatic character. Now, my final point for Slippy Beauty that I would like to leave you with today is with discussing its animation. So like most of Disney's works such as Snow White, Cinderella, and Fantasia, the animation in Sleeping Beauty holds up beautifully well to this day, especially given the context that it was released in 1959. 
And some scenes in particular that I think best exemplify this are the scenes with Maleficent and the fairies. Because, again, with the scene where Maleficent first enters the castle, everything just goes dark, and then it's just this bright green light that she, like, pops out of, if you will. And then with guards trying to seize her, she just explodes into this fire, and they're all like, okay, um, we're just gonna stand back, and then she disappears. So again, the animation helps the best, I think, exemplify her badassery. And when it comes to the fairies, the scene that pops into my mind is when they are making Aurora's dress and her cape because they're just struggling to get anything right about what they're doing. And the fairies are finally just like, screw it, we're just gonna use our wands. And it's a very lighthearted scene, if you will. And I think that the music best helps to match it to create this fairy tale atmosphere, if you will. Because if you had to give me a movie that I thought best fit the definition of a fairy tale brought to the big screen. I would say that it's Sleeping Beauty, you know, outside of the fact that it's based on one. So that will conclude today's episode of Those Were the Days. My name is Nick Leland, and I would like to thank you for listening to this episode, and please make sure to tune in next time as we talk about silent film actor Lon Chaney, an actor who was so versatile that he would earn the nickname The Man of a Thousand Faces. Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.